the My Brother's Opinion Podcast, where two brothers give their opinion on current events, as well as many other subjects like home improvement, automotive, hunting, gardening, random facts, and so much more. Welcome back, Brother Mark. Thank you. Welcome back, Doug. What is our topic for today? Today we're talking about winter home preparedness and safety. And what brought this idea around? Well, right now it is January of 2022. And last year, in the winter of 21, I think it was in February? I believe it was around Valentine's Day. Okay. Texas, the state of Texas, had a horrible ice storm pass through and it knocked out power for millions of people in that state and several people were not prepared for a winter survival scenario in their home because a lot of people were also stranded in their homes due to the fact that roads were closed, stores were closed, things like that. So they literally had no place to go except to their homes. And unfortunately, some people didn't make it. That's right. Partly because they were unprepared. So we are hoping to give the audience some ideas, some points, some safety tips, and general knowledge of things to be aware of during winter storms and winter scenarios, whether it's an emergency or general winter safety and preparation for the home. Not only will this help with your survival, but also general house conditioning. The first item on our list we'll go over is windows and doors, the seals, and the condition. Yeah, so with your exterior doors, all doors come with a weather stripping around the edge of them where where your door meets your door jam. And sometimes those get ripped or worn out and it's very easy to overlook those when it comes to checking the weather conditioning of your home. A lot of times it will allow cold air through, which first off raises your energy bill because your home is having a hard time staying warm. You're losing a lot of your heat through that door. Another thing is check your window seals where your where your window meets the wall. Make sure there's no air coming through there and things like that. If you have energy inefficient windows, single pane or many times just old windows, you will have air getting through there. And one good way of insulating against that would be some window seal kits. I have purchased several from Walmart and if you get them on clearance during the springtime in preparation for the coming winter you can normally get them for about five to ten dollars and all they have is uh, some double-sided tape that you run around the edge of your window and then some clear plastic that you roll onto it and then you can take a hair dryer and basically heat shrink your window so that you can still see out of it, but it helps create kind of a a barrier that lessens the amount of air and heat that you lose. It's not 100%, but it's a cheap and effective way of overcoming that leaky window. Another thing that you could do 
is hang up an old blanket. Anything to create an insulation barrier. Like one of those big puffy coats with the thick insulation. You are creating a barrier there that warm air gets trapped in. And that's what the plastic or a blanket hanging over your window does. It doesn't allow the cold air to move as fast going down the front of your window. Helps with the heating and the cooling of your room that you do that to. Now with the doors, is there anything that you can do to help with the draft from a door? Well, if it's a door that you use generally or every day, you can buy replacement seals for the door and they're also three or four dollars. All you need to do is get a measurement of your door, the length that you need, and the thickness because sometimes they come in a half inch thickness or a five eighths, given the production of the door or the maker of the door. You can pretty much easily find that if you have a ruler or a tape measure. And most of the time it just kind of pops in there. It's got a little lip or a little tongue that you just pop in and just work it up around the, the door frame. It's really easy to remove the old stuff. You just grab it at the bottom and just start pulling gently and it should pop out of its little niche, I guess. If it's a door though that you don't use generally, for example, in my old house, I had a set of French doors that would go to the backyard. We typically didn't use that door in the winter time. So what I would do, like you suggested, was hang a blanket in front of it. But I would also seal the door seams with tape to help create a little extra barrier for that air to have to fight through. And then hanging that blanket over the top of that, it actually created a lot more insulation than just doing a, a seal or tape along the seams. You can also roll up a rug or a blanket and lay it at the bottom of your door to help keep the draft out. Just don't forget it's there when you go through the door because I've tripped over those before. Alrighty, area two, food and water stores for you and your pet. Ooh, yes, the pet. A lot of people will overlook that part, won't they? Yes, they will. Your pet is a part of your family or your household, and a lot of times you need to make sure you have extra food for them. The best food to store, in my opinion, inside your house for these kind of situations is non-perishables like canned goods that last for several months, and you don't really have to worry about them. The other thing that I like to keep for myself is frozen foods inside of obviously a freezer that is stored in my garage. The other thing you can keep is a lot of dried goods like noodles, rice, beans, things like that that don't require a whole lot of preparation but still carry a lot of caloric value. That is a very good idea. I also like, I guess, non-perishable but still comfort food for my kids. like granola bars and pop tarts and stuff of that nature you know i can open it up give it to them 
that will calm them down a little bit for if the power's out and then I can step back and think and I don't have to worry about my kid at the at that moment you know they're taken care of they got them a little snack one of their little favorite snacks but that brings me to one of our other topics how if the power is out how are you going to cook how are you going to heat your house how are you going to prepare meals in my case i have a kerosene heater and i have a mr heater a little buddy heater i also use that to heat my garage takes the one pound cylinders and i also have a hose that i can hook up to a 20 pound gas cylinder are there any ideas that you have for alternative heating if the power is well there are many different opportunities or options one of them is if you have a wood burning stove inside your house you can use that the problem with that is you need to make sure that you have a stockpile of wood available the fuel for it here in the mountain west that's pretty easily available but places like New York City, Chicago, L.A., a lot of them have regulations against wood stoves or just an inability to store wood if they even have a wood stove to begin with. Many other sources could be an electric heater that you plug into the wall, barring that you haven't lost power. Um, Another great way to keep yourself warm if you don't have any power is the hot hands stuff that you can buy to put inside your gloves or your shoes. You can also put them inside your pockets to keep your core warm, things like that. You can also buy blankets or or just have general blankets. Fleece blankets are a great way to stay warm because they're nice and soft. and, And they're very inexpensive. They are. Usually right after Christmas... You can find them on sale for a buck at like Walmart. And it's like three, three and a half feet wide and about, I think, five foot long, four foot long, something like that. It's not very big, but if you're cuddled up on the couch, that's more than enough for one person. For sure. Also in scenarios where you've lost power and you have no ability to heat your house Uh, with your furnace or your boiler you can put up a tent or some sort of shelter inside your home because that creates a barrier between actually two barriers between the outside elements that inside your house that inside your shelter or fort we're building a fort that's what i would tell my kids hey guys we're building the fort in the living room tonight and that way, you're all within a small bubble, and it creates a air pocket of heat from your body and maybe an electric heater or something like that that you have that you're able to put inside of your little fort shelter thing. It's a fun way to entertain the kids, and it's a great way to help maintain some of the body heat as you sleep. Lots of sleeping bags, lots of blankets pillows, all sorts of stuff. Make it fun. Have fun with it. Have a great time. Make some memories in the 
crazy, scary moment that you're in. I agree. And, you know, your kids could wind up just thinking, you know, it's a game that you're playing and not be scared. Other ways that you can help heat that little space is hot water bottles. I know it's a lot of people's like, oh, what's a hot water bottle? They used to use them way back in the 1800s to warm their beds before they went to sleep. It's safe. There's no chance of a fire, no chance of carbon monoxide. A lot of people in the Texas ice storm, they were running generators inside their houses. They were running their cars inside their garages. And there's numerous stories of people passing away because they didn't use the stuff properly. Like when you use a generator, there are some requirements that you're supposed to follow. One, you're supposed to have the proper size extension cords. Because if you use the cheap little dinky cords, they will overheat and start a fire. Two, when you run your generator, it cannot be near a door or a window or the cold air intake of your furnace because the exhaust fumes will come right into the house, build up carbon monoxide, and you will perish. That is why at my house, my carbon monoxide detector is battery operated. So even if the power goes out, my carbon monoxide detector is still working. And the little buddy heater that I have for my garage, it is safe to run in the house. And what I really like about that is the fuel does not go bad. I remember correctly on the box, if I run the Mr. Heater on low on a one gallon tank, it'll run for six hours, four hours on high. Well, equate that to a 20 pound tank. Off of one 20 pound tank that I pull off of my grill, I can heat my house off that little heater for like 36 hours. And it's gonna be nice, comfortable, and I don't have to worry about carbon monoxide because that is an odorless and colorless gas yes. that will knock you out first and second, suffocate you within minutes. You do still have to be careful because the front of it does get extremely hot. There is that risk of fire if stuff gets too close, but that's the same with candles, kerosene lanterns, kerosene heaters and there's dozens of styles out there on the market of kerosene heaters growing up our power would go out constantly we had four different kinds of kerosene heaters that we would start stockpiling the fuel in September because by December our power was out from an ice storm and Every time the power went out, it was out for at least a week. It was seven days straight. 
Very interesting. For the alternative cooking method, if you have a grill, just make sure you're grilling outside in the open air. There's no need to have an open flame. This charcoal or propane or scrap wood that you found, no need to have it in the house. You're just gonna fill your house with smoke. That creates medical scenarios that you don't want to deal with during an emergency. An ice storm, earthquake, blizzard, whatever it may be for your area. So there's also little camping stoves that you could get that take those little two pound propane bottles. I have one of those in case of an emergency where we don't have any power. I still have a way to cook some food if I'm out of propane for my grill, so to speak. It's a great little heat source for boiling some water, preparing some food, things of that nature. It's a nice, easy way to just store something. It's not very big. It's about a eight by six size box, and those cylinders are very light. It's small and compact as well. It's more of a an oddity when it comes to home emergency preparedness. It's more for, for camping, but I also have that as well as a grill or another alternative source of cooking. One place that you could get water, if the city's water is shut down, first off, you could always melt some snow and boil it, strain it. That does take some effort though, and it is quite energy inefficient because you have to melt it. Yes. One place that people often overlook is their water heater itself. There's a little tap on there and it's clean water. And depending on the size of your water heater, you've got anywhere from 20 to 50 gallons available at your fingertips of fresh water. It's gonna be cold, but you can always harvest that from your water heater and use that in lieu of thirst. Yes, if you have an alternative heating source or cooking source, then if you have ice in your freezer, you can throw it in a pot or something and set it close by and it will melt eventually. You can always melt it down, even bring it to a rapid boil and make oatmeal, make macaroni and cheese, you know, stuff of that nature. All right, next up, we have material for mental sanity. I would also like to add just relaxation yes relaxing is part of your sanity if you overdo it you're just gonna be stressed out but if you can relax by playing a board game or playing cards or reading a book you can also do exercise and do some singing my kids and I love to just randomly sing a lot of like the Disney music that we heard on the latest Disney movie that we really like, or I know lots of songs from my childhood. Even whistling and humming to relieve stress is a great way to relax. Exercise is a great way. It naturally releases the endorphins in your body to help you feel good. It will keep you warm and keep you from focusing solely on your situation. Well, the exercise also has a added bonus. 
you'll get your blood pumping and you'll start to warm up and once you're done exercising throw on a pair of jogging pants or a sweater and then go climb under covers you're going to be warmer for longer you might not smell the greatest but you will be toasty what other forms of mental sanity could you do well if your kids have any handheld games or ipad tablet cell phone as long as it's charged that could be a comfort item for them for a little bit as long as the battery holds out that would help and i don't know about you but for me and my wife making sure the kids are comfortable and safe is our number one priority everything after that is icing on the cake you know if i can make sure that my kids have some form of entertainment they are fed and they are warm and comfortable then that gives me a little peace of mind in a crazy situation where i can think a little bit clearer and if that's all right i need to raise my core temperature by doing some calisthenics or now i need to go out and get wood for the fireplace or i need to get the heater out of the garage bring it in find a safe place for it to sit where no one's going to get hurt nothing's going to catch on fire then i can go do that and then move to my next thing which might be hanging blankets over the windows shutting off rooms that we're not using so we're not trying to heat the entire house maybe we can knock it down to two rooms you know a bathroom and a bedroom and even if the power's out if you live in the city your water you can still flush your toilet for a little bit now if you live out in the country you got to come up with another form to flush your toilet if it's hooking up a generator to turn the well pump on or if it's using a bucket like you're camping that issue is going to come up at some point and we saw that with the texas deep freeze people's pipes were bursting in their house i had seen videos of people going to the local swimming pool and pulling five gallon buckets of water out to drink and i don't think that they had any way to purify that if you think about it it's kind of gross because that's essentially bath water they were trying to drink i understand desperate times calls for desperate measures but you know people were panicking because they weren't prepared they always thought i've heard it on numerous podcasts and youtube videos oh i never thought this would happen here never thought this would happen here well not too long ago i'd say the last couple years part of a hurricane that missed florida hit georgia it came right up across tennessee kentucky into ohio i got some family that lives in ohio their power was out for two weeks and they weren't expecting it they just they didn't know what to do 
So knowing your limitations of where you live, both in your state and also your home, is an important thing to know, knowing where all of your emergency supplies are, knowing the condition of them, the condition of your house, and the condition of yourself can help you in this preparation before a disaster hits or when a disaster hits. Mark, there was something else I wanted to mention as far as storage and food prep and emergency supplies was having some jugs of water on hand. They're very inexpensive. You can go to Walmart or Target and pick up a gallon for less than a dollar. Yeah. The time I saw it at Walmart, I believe it was 87 cents for a gallon of water. Yep. And they're pretty easy to store, too. And they have no shelf life. They might have an expiration date as far as when they can sell them. But water itself, in that purified and sealed form, doesn't go bad. And if you are worried about it, boil it before you drink it. It's a pretty easy way to make sure you have fluids in a frozen pipe or lack of water situation. The other thing I like to do is go to Sam's Club, and they probably have these at Costco as well, is get those five-gallon jugs that you can use for like the water coolers that you find in an office. I like having a few of those on hand because first off, we drink the water and I just rotate it out regularly, but there's five gallons of water that I have stored in a closet ready to go in an emergency. And what's the rule you need? A gallon a day per person in your household for drinking, sanitation, that's basically it. I believe that's the rule of thumb is one gallon per day per person. For drinking, cooking, and sanitation. That's what it is. I believe most people recommend you have three days worth for every person in your home. So for me, that would be anywhere from 15 to 20 gallons at a time. Yeah, same for me. We got five in our families. And not to say that you have to have that amount, but start somewhere. Have Something is better than nothing. I prefer to have at least five gallons of water stored somewhere for the heck of it. (laughs) And you speaking of those five-gallon jugs of water, you can refill those at, like, Walmart and whatnot, and it's pennies per gallon. But if you step over to the camping section, they actually have a little hand pump where you set it down in there, squish the top, it's for camping, and it pumps water out. So you don't have to tip the five-gallon jug over and try to measure out, you know, four cups of water for some mac and cheese. You could just pump the top. And last one I bought... It was like 10 bucks. So ease of access. Ease of access and didn't spill no water. I could set it in one spot. Everybody knows where they're, where it's at. Even my youngest can walk over, pump some water into a cup to get a drink. So it, so it helps keep your supplies from being wasted by being spilled on the ground or dumped out all over the floor. Is there anything else you wanted to add to the food and heat? and water prep yeah i would like to add 
You don't have to go out and buy a whole bunch of stuff at once. Work on building it up over the year or over a couple years. It's going to be trial and error on what works for you, what works for your situation. You got to come up with a plan first. If the power goes out and it's the middle of winter, I need to do X, Y, Z. If it's the summer and the power goes out, I need to do X, Y, Z. Well, in order to do X, Y, and Z, you need to figure out this works for this situation, this works for this situation. Check out thrift stores and secondhand stores, garage sales, you know, the clearance aisle at Walmart or Target. Just slowly build it up so it's not a financial burden on top of it all. The whole reason that you would prep is to prepare your family for an emergency so that it's more comfortable for you to survive, that you will survive, but also that like Mark was saying, it's not a financial burden. How long have you taken to prepare your family for who knows how many situations? Several years, I would imagine. Um, pretty much all my adult life. Growing up on a farm, you know, like I, I said before, we had kerosene heaters. The power would go out for a week. Well, we figured out that, you know, well, we still need to flush the toilets. We still need drinking water. We still need, you know, water for cooking. We had animals we had to provide water for. So, like, the first year when we moved out there, we were totally caught off guard. You know, we started getting jugs and just filling them up. And when a storm was coming, we would transfer five or ten jugs from our storage room, which was unheated, into the kitchen where we had a wood-burning stove. And, well, that gave us some water for cleaning and drinking. But it's just been a lifelong process of when times change, you got to change with it. Once new technology comes out, you know, better flashlights, longer running batteries, you can slowly upgrade and, you know, increase, you know, your lighting situation, your food situation, your heating situation. Another idea is to talk to other people in your area and see if there's any ideas that they have. Talk to those who have lived in your area for a long time. They will have ideas on what is important to prepare for because they have lived through those situations. If you have just moved to Florida and you've never been through a hurricane, it's best to talk to your neighbors who have been through a hurricane because they will help you have the knowledge and give you sometimes help in preparing for those kind of scenarios. And you can always get in contact with your local emergency management. Usually they're run by the local sheriff's department, but they have a lot of good information that they are more than willing to pass out to you. The more you're prepared, the less they have to come get you, or less chance they have to come get you. Well, Mark, it's been a great episode. It has. Very insightful. So thanks for listening to our opinions today. 
We hope you enjoyed today's subject. Please email us your opinions, questions, or comments at mybrothersopinion at gmail.com. And be sure to subscribe for more amazing opinions. We will be back with another epic episode soon. Be blessed and have a nice day.